The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. Hallelujah. All right, you may be seated. Thank you so much. I want to just make an announcement about the next 21 days because we did this last year. Um, obviously, we don't do, as some people do, the six to six fast because that's what they do with the, uh, Ramadan and all the Muslims do that. So I don't favor that. I do a, we do a water fast with no coffee, no tea, no juice, and we'll do it for 24 hours. So what we're going to do is three one-day fasts over the next 21 days. That's what we did last year. Now, if you want to go the Ramadan fast, go ahead and knock yourself out. If, I'm just saying, if that's what you want to do. And then you, six to six, you don't eat, and seven, eight o'clock, you stuff your face. I mean, whatever. Knock yourself out. Um, and I've got a whole teaching on this. And uh, so I, this last week, I already did three days, full water, just three days. No coffee, no tea, no nothing. Three, three water days. So I'm ahead of you. <laughs> Somebody said, well, why this last week? You had to get rid of Christmas. <laughs> so I'm down 15 pounds already this week. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Just from last Sunday. So, uh, you know, you can always want to cheat. Somebody always wants to cheat. But if you're going to fast, you set aside that day. You know, there's a lot of people trying to work. You can't eat on, you can't work on no food. Hello. Then people get headaches. They can't. Then, then you feel bad. You feel like, well, I'll never be anything spiritually or whatever. To be totally frank with you, there's only very few people that actually do a 40-day water fast. Jesus. And let me think. Of course, Moses. And Elijah. That was it. That was it. Now, the reason why, and this is not something that's new. So if you think I'm, go, go back and listen to my teaching from last year. I took an, ad, I, I had an adverse reaction to this because when I arrived in America, there were churches that were fasting the whole, not just 21 days, they fast the whole month of January. This is 1988, 89, 90, 91. Every, every time I come around, we're on a 40-day fast. We're on a, and I look at them and said, you might as well go ahead and eat. Seriously. I don't see any more power in your life than before you fasted. They always talk about how they're fasting. <laughs> I'm looking at them, bro, if you fasted, you've got enough storage there for two months. Don't give me that rubbish. They're talking rubbish. Hello. If you fast, you'll begin to see it. Are you with me? 
But again, I'm going to leave it open to whoever wants to do a Ramadan fast. I'm not a Muslim. So I don't, I don't get my practices from the Middle East. Are you with me? And don't come with your Daniel fast nonsense. Because I've seen the Daniel recipes. You'll put weight on with that stuff. It's got more carbs than you can ever imagine. Pastor, I'm on a Daniel fast. Sure. So how many will join me over the next 21 days? At least one day. You can do more. But at least one day a week. 24 hours. No food. Just water. Okay. Then who could go half a day with just, somebody said, I'll do it overnight while I sleep. That's not. (laughs) We must fast. And Jesus said, when you fast, not if. But fasting doesn't move God, it moves you. Are you with me? So, um, yeah, these churches, 88, 89, 90, 91, 92, 93, that's all I heard. And I saw them, the pastors were fatter than ever. (laughs) And I thought, (laughs) you eating, bro. You put your people through a starvation thing and you eating, you eating everything you can. I actually got to get a book out on this so that people can actually get some common sense thinking we, we've had people ruin themselves physically. God was already using them in a powerful way, but they went on a fast and actually destroyed their body to where their body can't even recover now. So um, I just thought I'd throw that out. And uh, just so you know, I've talked to everybody about it. Nobody has a problem with what I'm teaching. It's scriptural. It's in the Word. Amen. Again, I don't, I don't copy Nigeria. Just so you know, what I believe does not come based out of Lagos, Nigeria, or someplace in, in Africa. Hello. I take it straight from the Word of God. Amen. Sounds like I should do a whole teaching on, on prayer and fasting this morning. Everybody's staring at me like you. Huh? No, I mean, everybody's staring at me like I'm robbing you. Go, go ahead and do whatever you want to do. I'm just trying to tell you what works and what doesn't work. Listen. If you fast 21 days, you should be walking on water. You should have five dead raised. (laughs) You know me, if I feel, if I feel the resistance and I'm going to smack that resistance, I think I'm going to do that right now. I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to do it right now.
sit looking at me like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I've already preached this stuff to you. This is how The stuff I have to do here. Go, go to Luke chapter 5. Oh, brother. Verse 33, and they said unto him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours eat and drink. Must I repeat that again? Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise the, the disciples of the Pharisees, but you eat, yours eat and drink. So they were looking at the disciples of following Jesus and saying, these guys are eating and drinking. Look at the Pharisees, they're always fasting. I'm on a, another fast. We're on another fast. I'm on another fast. We'll do it fast, please. And he said, can you make the children the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? Somebody said, well, he's not with us. He is with us. He's in us. He's in us. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. Now, look over in Acts chapter 10, which is the most powerful passage concerning what I'm teaching along the lines of fasting. And this is actually not the main message this morning. This is just a little hors d'oeuvre before I get to the main message, seeing you stared at me when I brought this stuff up. Look at me in that tone of voice. I'll come down there and grab you. Yeah, people also need to understand my sense of humor. We got a bad review on Google from this last... No, from this last, listen to this. This is a review. On Google, from Christmas night, or the, the night, the night before Christmas, the Grinch who stole Christmas. Some woman comes here. This is the review, yeah. This is last Sunday night. I would not recommend this church. The pastor was straight out rude to his audience. He said, you can go watch the evening service back. What's wrong with everybody? You could see their faces. Did they get bust in from a mental institution? He said. <laughs> I did say that. After he insulted everyone, some people jumped up to appease him, but he wasn't happy with that. But, and then, then, the lady, the lady, which was Adonica, the lady spent an awkward amount of time encouraging everyone to give money. She took like eight minutes. Ugh. And then said, we were really hoping to hear the sermon of the birth of Jesus. The whole thing was about the birth of Jesus. All the songs were about the birth of Jesus. I hope his cult will hoot and holler for him at the next service what, and be prepared to be insulted. But now this was the kicker. You have to hand over your driver's license and info to be entered in and give your phone number. And then... You 
given a wristband as you enter the church. Ooh. How rude. All right, have you found Acts 10? And there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion in the band called the Italian band, a devout man, one that feared God with all his house and gave much arm to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision every about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming to him saying, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is the Lord? He said, your prayers and your giving have come up as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon whose surname is Peter. And he lodges with one Simon, the tanner whose house is by the seaside. And he will tell you the things that you ought to do. So anyway, he did just that. Then if you go and read down here, let's look at verse, um, well, the whole story. When they, when they went to Peter's house, they said that, um, Cornelius was praying and he was fasting three days and the angel appeared to him. Look at this. When he got to Cornelius's house in verse 30, Cornelius said, four days ago I was fasting until this hour. So, I mean, within three days of fasting, an angel appeared. Are you with me? Do you know how many people, they fasted 18 days and no angel appeared. Remember, it's no different to the people coming and giving out of their surplus. The same with fasting. It's not the ritual. It's a relationship. Are you with me? So supernatural, hap supernatural things happen when you pray and you fast. As I said, it's a relationship, not a ritual. We press into him. we hungry and thirsty for him. And we come to him. Breakthroughs will take place in our life. But it's because it's our lifestyle. It's not something that we just do once a year. And then pick out the rest of the time. Can you say amen? We need to, people need to develop consistency in their life. Amen? So... The breakthroughs that we will see take place will be physically, of course. There's many things, and there's a lot of people now into intermittent fasting. Of course, they do it just for health purposes. They don't even pray. It would be great if they added prayer to the intermittent fasting. Your whole mindset will change, your mentality. Spiritually, you'll be more refreshed, and there'll be a clarity about you. You'll see breakthroughs in every realm of your life, in your finances, your home, your marriage, and even physical bodies will be healed. So, this is so important. Maybe what we can do is um, get the message that I preached from last year, and we'll send it out as a link to everybody, and you can listen to it. Can we do that by tonight? Can we find the fasting message? I'll put it up on the website, and then everybody can watch it for free, so I don't have to spend any more time on this. So I just want to take a few minutes just to talk about this this morning. Amen. So, um, I mean, there are, there are some people that physical condition does not allow them to go without food. Their sugar drops and they're going to coma. Are you with me? So they've got to eat 
and there's certain things. So somebody said, well, I want to see a miracle. Well, there's certain things that you can do and you are able to fast, but you do it the right way and you don't do it in a way that destroys your physical body. Everybody happy with that? Say amen. Remember, we need you here on the earth. We don't need you in heaven. God needs you here on the earth. Some people look like they're on a hunger strike most of the time. <laughs> All right, let me get to the message for, for this morning. Amen? Okay. Everybody ready? 2024, the year of the fulfillment of the promises of God in your lives personally. Personally. Now, I want to give you these five scriptures, and you should see them. They plastered all over the place. They'll be there for the rest of the year. There'll be other scriptures going up. But how many, I want you to read them when you leave here. They're in the bulletin here today. There's a lot of other stuff that's in the bulletin, which I'll be sharing with you tonight. But I want to run through these five scriptures. Somebody said, what's the theme scripture for this year? I said, I got five. Somebody said, why five? Well, there's five smooth stones. Hmm? Who needs a bulletin? Raise your hand. You should have grabbed one because if you didn't get a bulletin, it means you walk by somebody standing with a bulletin, holding it out, saying, would you take this? And you said no. Now we have to hand it out in the service because you didn't take the time to get the bulletin. What do I do with you people? Please don't leave the, another review. What a dingbat. <laughs> the woman. The lady took too much time. A strange lady that I called honey and I hugged her when she came up. Before we go through these five scriptures, and I mean, I was thinking about Aaron. Aaron's got a lot to be thankful for. I mean, a year ago, he died and came back from the dead, sitting there. Yeah, Lord's good. When's your anniversary of the death? The 23rd of January. We'll have a big celebration here. Happy death day to you. Happy death day to you. You died, but you came back. Happy birthday to you. Okay. I want you to think, before I give you these five scriptures, think back over the last four years over where you were and what the Lord has done. Just take a moment to think back four years ago where you were, what the conditions you found yourself in, and then what the Lord has done here in the last four years. I'm just picking on 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, four years.
Joel Osteen was leading worship, and now he's married. <laughs> Jack Black has now come to the river. It's amazing. You never know who you're going to find sitting in the seats. <laughs> if you don't mind going to Google and leave a good, uh, just a good <laughs> comment on there. Jack, too, if you don't mind doing that here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I better be ahead myself here. I'm about to cause trouble. <laughs> Go to Joshua chapter 21 and verse 45. There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto Israel, unto the house of Israel. It all came to pass. Yes. So I'm going to put it this way. There not failed one good thing which the Lord has spoken concerning you and your life. It'll all come to pass. Hallelujah. And you will see that in 24. Hallelujah. Thank God for his promises, which are yea and amen. Hallelujah. And I've heard all the great little cliches, you know, 24, the year for more, and everything rhymes and chimes and whatever. But as I was praying about this, and I, you know, last year, the year of El Shaddai, how many can say that with the uplift of the hand, it was the year of more than enough. God was more than enough in every realm. So as I was praying and I said, Lord, please talk to me and I'll get deeper into this tonight. But talk to me specifically about 2024. And it's what I felt in my spirit. The Lord said, I have relationships with my people. There's certain things I promised one person, but I didn't promise another person. There's certain things that certain people are believing me for and other people are not believing. They're believing me for something else. So it's the year of the fulfillment of the promises of God in your life, what you believe in God for, for your home, for your marriage, for your life, for your business, for your ministry. Can you say Amen. I love this. They failed not one word. Not one word. He watches over his word to perform it. There have been times when I didn't know how in the world we were going to make it. I mean, I look back over the years. There were times like coming through Christmas and the new year, well, I, I thought to myself, man, I don't even know how we're going to make the first week of January. And then suddenly. And the Lord always did it in a way that surprised me. That all I could do is say, boy, you pulled that out of a place I didn't know you even had. How in the world? And you've heard me say this to you before. You can write down 10 ways which you think the Lord's going to do it, and he'll, he'll never come by the 10 ways you wrote down. He'll always come with number 11 or something else. 
And I've been writing down the ways I thought the Lord was going to do it. And there's always a surprise. Always a surprise. So that's the first verse. Joshua 21 and 45. If you get it in different translations, I'm sure they wrote it out for you. Let me have a look here. Was it written out? In the King James. The one that Paul used. They failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. The second scripture is 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 56. Blessed be the Lord that he hath given rest unto his people Israel according to all that he promised. There hath not failed one word of all his good promise which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. There's not failed one word. So in other words, what are we standing on? We're standing on scripture. What's going to carry us in 2024? Scripture. We're standing on his word. He watches over his word to perform it. That means I can go to sleep and God's working. His word is working. His promises are working. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That you can trust in his word. He doesn't lie. How old now? Two and a half and shouting glory to God. Glory to God from the third row. Hey, little one. You've heard me tell the story of a young minister who they introduced to this old preacher. I think he was in his 90s. and The old preacher was sitting there with his Bible and he had it open. Every page was marked. Every page was scribbled in. And so um, the young preacher reached over to grab the Bible and he paged every page, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. I mean, all the way through to Revelation, marked... And then TP, TP, all down in the columns. So he looked at the old man. And he said, what does TP stand for? The old man said, tried and proven. <laughs> tried and proven. <laughs> so God's word works, but it's got to work for you. And then you can TP it. Can you say Amen. And I just believe that you're going to TP more passages of Scripture this next year than ever before. Hallelujah. Not some preacher you saw on television or on YouTube. Your own self. Hallelujah. This is what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. God wants you to know that you can stand on my word. You can lean on my word. When you look at uh, rivers, the only way to cross a river really properly is to have a good bridge. How many have ever crossed a river on a shaky bridge? 
You know, when we travel in Africa, we go to places and you, you could go one car at a time and when you're on it, you pray in tongues, you know what I mean? It's just, you can feel the whole thing is shaking, you know, and you think, oh God, help us here. God's word is not a shaky bridge. God's word is that which you can put your whole life on. Hallelujah. And he will carry you through. His word will carry you from now to the day you die. Somebody said, what's going to sustain me through 24? His word. His word will carry you. The word that's real to you shall carry you. Amen. First Kings, I'm, I'm going to ask you if you take this and write them out in whatever translation you want to and then memorize it for 2024. Then go to Isaiah 55 and verse 11. He says, so shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. So God's word is spoken, goes out of his mouth, and then he doesn't have to speak it again. His word just keeps working. His word is working. That's something that you have to know, regardless of the circumstances that are facing you. If people ask you how things are going, say, the word is working. The word is working. The word is working mightily in me. No matter what the circumstances or what I see or feel or feel or see, the word is working mightily in me and for me and on my behalf, even when I sleep. Because some people can't sleep because of the problem. So how much of you staying awake can solve the problem? God doesn't slumber or sleep. So Lord, seeing you don't sleep in, I need to go sleep so you can deal with this problem. As Pastor Donica said earlier, people need to know how to roll all the care over on the Lord. I'm putting this in your hand. I don't know what you're going to do, but I pray by the time I wake there will be a solution to the problem. Amen. 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 And then you wake up to a surprise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me read that one more time. So shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it will accomplish that which I please. It will prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. I mean, you can link so many other scriptures with this right now. I know the plans I have for you, said the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. These are the plans that I have for you. The world has nothing to hold on. The, wor the world is facing CNN. The world is facing MSNBC. The world is facing Telemundo. The world has nothing. Everything in the world is being shaken. But God's word stands 
forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will not pass away. Hallelujah. That's why I love this next verse, Jeremiah 1 and 12. Then said the Lord unto me, you have well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. In other words, I'm going to quicken it. I believe that's what's going to take place here in 24. There's going to be a quickening where God hastens his word to perform the promises that he's promised you in your life for this next year. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Say this after me. God said. Say it again. Say, God said. I will hasten my word to perform it. Say it again. I will hasten my word to perform it. Amen. Amen. I can talk to all the singles. The husband's on the way. God said he will hasten his word to perform it. He will stand by. He will watch over his word. That, that, that's like if somebody is telling 10 people to do a, a certain job and, he, and they stand right there watching them do it. They didn't go away. The 10 people working on the job. I need you to do this. And he stands and watches. God put his word out and he stands and watches to see his word come to pass. For you. Personalize this. And then look at Second Corinthians one in verse twenty. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen under the glory of God by us. All the promises of God in him are yes and amen. What does amen mean? So so be it. What does amen mean? It's done. It's done. Now, that's why I asked you to make a list for tonight. So how many have already made a list for tonight? Who has not made a list for tonight? I need you to make a list for tonight so we can deal with that before we cross over. Can you say amen? Amen. Would you do that this afternoon? One of the things that I've realized is that many of God's people, they don't really take God's word seriously. It's like a book detached from them. It's just something the preacher reads in church. 
But God's word is God speaking to you personally. The critics get mad because we believe it literally. The critics get mad because we actually take, we, we believe it. Well, you can't go around promising people. I didn't. It's not me. He promised. Well, you can't tell people they'll have a breakthrough in every area of their life. I'm not the one that wrote it. He's the one that says all things are possible to them that believe. So if all things are possible to them that believe, then you find out what the all things are. He said greater works than these shall you do. I didn't say it. Who do these people think they are? Greater works. He said it. It's his word. He's not talking to you. See, that's how they always try to detect. He's talking to Israel. He's talking to them. He's talking, yeah, but every promise in the book is mine. Remember the fact that they rejected him, so that opened the way for us. Can you say amen? The Bible says he came to his own and his own received him not, but as many as believed became the sons of God. So you and I are sons and daughters of the Most High God. All these promises are ours. What he, and I'm not into replacement theology, the church replaced Israel. Israel has a place, but I'm not into poo-pooing the church and pushing the church down to nothing. This is what Jesus gave his life blood for, and Jesus is the head of the church. The Bible doesn't say he's the head of Israel. Hello? Said he's the head of the church. Hallelujah. Israel will have to come the same way the church comes. By the cross and by the blood. There's no short deal here, side deal with Israel. You've got a different covenant. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Everybody's got to come. I don't care who they are. Kings, presidents, sports people, stars, disasters. Everyone has to come the same way and bow their knee to receive the promises of God, which are yea and amen. So one of the things I believe people are going to have a shock is when they get to heaven and the Lord say, you know, I actually tried to show you that. Now, which I still don't understand how this is going to all be sorted out. Is it that you just get to heaven and you get there and you realize, oh, crap. I, I, I missed the boat. You know what I'm saying? Because some people are in for a rude awakening. And then the Lord said, you know, I wanted to do that. If you remember this time in your life, I actually sent somebody away. You rejected it. Then you got to listen to the wrong people. They talked you out of it. Then you started following that guy on YouTube living with his mama in his basement. And he told you that it wasn't true. But yet you read my word, and then you questioned my word. And really, if you'd have just believed my word, what you would have seen would have astounded you. 
down through the centuries and down through the years, there have been men and women that had access to nothing other than the pure word of God. And that's what sustained them and carried them throughout everything. <laughs> and they didn't have anybody in the 21st century to come and influence what they believed or didn't believe. Sometimes I think we, we cursed with the internet and everybody watching live streams and watching this stream and that stream and some of the streams are terrible. Hello. You finish watching them, you want to jump off a bridge. I don't have the time to walk here and talk to every person personally and talk to you about what you believe in the Lord for and what promises that, that the Lord has given you and then to enforce that, to tell you it shall come to pass as the word of the Lord has said, not one word will fall to the ground. And even if I said that, some of you wouldn't believe it. you think I was talking to the person behind you. Sometimes you want to grab people and shake them till their teeth rattle. Oh, there's people sitting over there under the balcony at the back, just sitting there. I, I don't think he's talking about me. I'm talking about you. You can just see the review. I went there. And he started to talk about me. <laughs> I think it was just this last week, somebody said to me, you know, thank you for standing. And when other people closed, you, they, you didn't close and you stood and you made a stand for the gospel and you didn't close the church. And, you didn't push the clock shot, and you didn't mask up, you know. And um, I looked at them and I said to them, I actually didn't have a choice. There was actually no option for me. It wasn't even a consideration. We never even discussed it. She and I did not discuss it. Were you going to, we, there was not even an option. Because of the word which said, don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together, even the much more you see the day approaching. And the fact that God is a supreme authority, not government, can you say amen? amen. Then how was I the one to decide, I think we'll close the church to keep everybody safe from the flu. How many times would there been flu? The church is now, what, 27 years old. How many times has there been flu over the last 27 years? If we'd have closed the church down every time there was a flu, we'd never had church. Hello. If we, we quarantined you every time there was a flu going around, nobody would show for work. So I, I caught this thing. I got this bug. We didn't have a choice. Because of the word. The word laid it out. 
There was no other option. Can you say amen? And then just in the natural, becoming an American citizen, raising my hand to place defend the Constitution against enemies, foreign or domestic, I didn't have a choice. So if I obeyed the mandates that were coming from the outside, really from Europe, if I obeyed the mandates that were coming out of the United Nations and the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization, guess what? I would have to renounce my American citizenship and leave America because I wouldn't even be fit to call myself an American. And this is how serious it was. I would have to quit the ministry. I have to get up here on a Sunday and say, guys, I'm sorry, I'm, I can't pass anymore because I actually don't believe the Bible. I don't believe the word of God. I don't believe that the Lord will actually protect us in the tribal times that are coming. And I want to keep you safe. So we'll shut the church down. Just stay at your home and watch online. Mask up. Take the first shot, take the second shot. You can come to the church to get your shots. <laughs> Government's paying $6,000 a person to come to the church to get the shots. That way the church can be blessed. You can come get the clot shot and we'll do the first shot, we'll do the second shot and we can do the boosters. And we give you a little thing of Fauci, set your Fauci and keep it your home. And then every day you can bow and pray to Fauci. Oh, Finocchio, Finocchio. We didn't have a choice. There was, there was no choice. It wasn't even about being brave. Somebody said, were you really brave? You were courageous. It's got nothing to do with bravery or, or courage. There's no choice. There's no option. So when you come to the place where you take yourself and throw yourself onto the word, there's no second opportunity. There's no backup. Somebody said, boy, if, if God doesn't come through, you're done. Yes, you're finished. You're finished. You're over. But then you go home to be with Jesus. At least you die believing the word of God. Can you say amen? amen. Instead of trusting in the arm of the flesh. And guess what? That is never going to happen. Ever. Because you stand upon the word, God will watch over his word to perform it. And God honors that amen. in the life of every believer. Can you say amen? So to, to this afternoon, if you would, I'm giving you a home. Who's going to be with us tonight in the celebration? Okay. And I think it's going to be freezing outside again tonight. That's what they said. The cold that should have hit us at Christmas only coming now. Um, I think some of the returning students coming from the north brought the freezing with them. So we'll have the service in here, then we'll go out for the fireworks. But let me just say this. I want you to make a list of what you believe in God for in 2024. How many will do that? And put the scriptures that I've given you with that. And then let's seal that tonight as we leave the old here and go to the new here. Thinking back all of what the Lord has already done and the breakthroughs that God has already given to us 
Can you say amen? And there's other testimonies here sitting in the pews that you haven't even heard yet. No, no. I mean, I already know the testimony. You haven't heard of them yet. There's testimonies that already are off the chain. So God is working and he's working mightily. And there's multiplication taking place. And it's happening all the time. While you sleep, when you get up in the morning, when you go about your, your daily work, Amen. Remember, God doesn't need help. He doesn't need your help. What are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm helping God. Um, And then tonight I'm going to give the word of the Lord over everybody here. I'm going to prophesy over everybody tonight for 2024. Yeah. So here it is. Make a list of what you believe in the Lord for. Make a list of all of what God has promised you. And then we're going to deal with it tonight in this crossover service. I mean, for us, this, is the, this next year will be the 27th year of the church, 26 years of River University, and 44 years of ministry. So, for you, this shall be a milestone. There's many people here that can tell testimonies already, Pastor, this is a significant year, 2024. So um, let's see what the Lord does. And um, these will be the testimonies that people will come forward and testify of God's glory and grace, of what the Lord has done, and what even has taken place, what even took place here this morning. And for those of you that are lying in your bed and didn't come to church today because you thought, I'll just come to the crossover service because it's going to go to midnight. You ugly thing, you. Last Sunday, there was probably 400 people that did not come Sunday morning, came Sunday night. River people, I saw you Sunday night and walked around. And then all the strangers showed up with 400 river people. We had about 1,000 people last Sunday night. But there were river people that did not come. They didn't come.
The frustration I have is only small compared to what God must have. When he says, I, I've given them more, I've given them my word. Look at them whining down there. Look at them moaning down there. Look, I gave them my word, they received it. They run right down the road and get somebody else to talk them out of it. In actual fact, they go right down the road and every blessing they receive, they hand it back over to the devil. They hand it over. And then they whine and moan. And then the devil tells them that's God's lot for their life. A lot of reason why certain things that you believe in God for hasn't happened because you were not even in the place to receive them, even if they had have happened. But they will come to pass. I'm going to tell you this right now. There's things that you've been believing God for that are probably a year or two or three or maybe even four years away. Somebody said, well, don't tell me that. I'm believing God's going to be expedited. Things are going to be multiplied. You're not ready to handle it. You're not ready. You're not ready. You're not ready. And I'm not taking away from anything that you believe in the Lord for. But there's some short-term goals, there's, there's intermediate, and then there's long-term goals. There's things I'm believing the Lord for right now, and the Lord said to me, he said, you're not ready for that right now. I said, I'm ready. It'll come. Just be patient. Just be patient. So let me throw this out. The Bible says through faith and patience you inherit the promises. Okay? So I'm going to say that 2024 is going to be here where you operate in more patience than you've ever operated in your life before. Somebody said, Pastor, I didn't want to hear that. <laughs> 2024 is going to be the year that you operate, and I'll, I'll talk more about this time, with the greatest amount of patience than you've ever had before. In actual fact, you're going to so shock people about how patient you are that they will actually come to you and say, I can't believe how patient you are. Where did you get this from? You say, I don't know. It must be one of the promises of God working in my life. Because God's word and his grace and faith produces the patience that you need. See, when you trust him, you can be patient. You know, I have to have it now. It must happen now. If it doesn't happen by sunset, I'll tell you then something's wrong. Yeah. Which means I'm going to lie, put my head on my pillow, I'm going to cast my care over the Lord, I'm going to wake up, and tomorrow's another day, I'm going to believe him, I'm going to stand on his word. Can you say amen? amen. And it will come to pass. Amen. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. 
Hallelujah. Who needed to hear this? Who maybe didn't want to hear this? We can't just rah-rah everything. Amen? Are you with me? Okay, I'll give you another example. Asher just turned nine. Now, I remember when it was just a little. The 20s just turned five. It was a big... Big gift for them, just turn five. Now, there's certain things that they want to do which they're not ready for. There's certain things that they actually want, but they're not ready to even receive it. What parent would go and give your five-year-old twins or your nine-year-old son things that really only a 20-year-old or 21-year-old or 18-year-old could handle? So you think God is, a, is, is actually a bad parent? So does he know what you need? Does, can we get translation headsets for this group of you? <laughs> Just, it's like, does God know what you need? Yes. Okay. So then what do you do? Just, I trust you. And you just keep moving on. And when you see other people blessed with what you were believing the Lord for, they must be at the place to receive that. But you are growing in the grace of God. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. And you'll walk into the middle of it. Just rejoice over what God is doing, what he has done. Can you say amen? And extend your faith to what's coming. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Again, a couple gets married. I want a child. You're going to have to wait nine months. I'd like one now. It takes nine months to cook a baby. The process has to be set in place. The oven has to be right. And the baby has to bake. Amen. When it's ready, it'll come out. Don't ask what happened to me. I was seven weeks premature. My wife actually thinks I was probably eight weeks premature, whatever. Because you didn't, back in 61, they didn't know when, what. If they make mistakes now, what do they know in 61? Seven weeks premature, four pounds, three ounces. Obviously, in a hurry to get into the planet. My lungs hadn't developed properly. It doesn't look like I have a problem with that anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> so this morning, I pray the peace of heaven upon you. May all frustration be removed from your life concerning the stuff that hasn't happened as you wanted to happen before midnight because I know some of you said, Lord, I want to be married by the 31st. <laughs> and that although there are singles here and I could match make right now, 
you probably wouldn't want me to put you together with somebody else from across the building. We could arrange that and I could officiate the wedding. So you'd rather want to let, I mean, the Lord could do that, but I don't believe that's, I don't feel an anointing for that at this juncture. But the Lord will do what he said he would do. Can you say amen? amen. And his promises are yea and amen. And he watches of his word to perform it. So get happy and receive this peace today. Receive the patience. Stop being frustrated. Stop blaming your wife. Stop blaming your children. Stop blaming your boss. Stop blaming the job. Stop blaming the neighborhood. Stop blaming your house. Stop blaming you've got too many dogs. Stop blaming all these things. Amen. If I didn't have all these dogs, were you the one that got them in the first place? I get tired of waking up every morning. Woof, woof. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? Woof, woof. You did. You let them in. You let them out. They're your dogs. Through faith and patience, you will inherit the promises of the Lord in 24. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Well, that's right. this is the first part. We'll finish up tonight. I want everybody to bow your heads across the room, if you would, please. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you've come into this room or you're watching by way of television and you fit into any one of these categories, I'd love to pray with you and for you. Maybe you walked in here today. You do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but today the Lord is calling you. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and they have laden, I'm going to give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you, learn of me, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And today, all you have to do is to come in faith and surrender to him. And he will come and set you free. Maybe you're here today, you say, Pastor, if I die today, I don't know where I'm going. I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You don't have to go to a devil's hell because 2,000 years ago in Calvary's cross, the price was paid and the blood was shed. And just like the old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood. Lose all their guilty stain. Today, the power of sin will be broken. The power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life and you walk from this place free today. Jesus is standing with arms wide open and he says, come, come. Would you come to him today? This is about a relationship. Maybe you've come here today, you're watching in your homes, you say, Pastor, I, 
I gave my life to the Lord, <clears throat> but my heart grew cold. I've allowed the things of the world to come in. I've lost my first love, the peace, that joy that I once had. Maybe there's something hidden that no one knows. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, hidden things that control and clog the heart of man. But today you want it gone from you. He said, I will take out the stony heart and put in a heart of flesh. He said, a new spirit will I put within you. Would you let him come and do a work? He will do it if you surrender and take him at his word. Maybe it's not hidden. Maybe it's something outward that everyone knows. Which makes it even difficult. Because you ask yourself the question. They already know how bad I am. So what is the use? But God is a God of a second chance and a new beginning. And he says, come. Come. He calls you. Maybe you're in this room or you're watching by wave television. You say, Pastor, a storm came against my life. When you went through your, in your message today, you said, look back over the last four years. You say, Pastor, all I've had is a storm. It's been horrendous. A sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked your world, that shook your world to the core. But you say, today, I want to come back. Today, I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Will you surrender to him afresh today and say, yes, Lord. What a great way to end the old year by leaving the old behind. And then lastly, if you're in this room and you say, I do love the Lord, that's not even a question. But I don't have the assurance in my heart. I'd like to know that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm a child of God. Please, I want to do that today. Remember, when God looks on people's hearts, he looks on the temperature. We either hot, lukewarm, or cold. He said, don't be lukewarm. This is not the hour to be lukewarm. This is the hour to be on fire, radically on fire with God. If you fit into any one of these three categories, I want to pray with you and for you right across the congregation and even in your homes, you can lift your hands right now. Put your hands up and say, pray for me right now. Just slip it up high and say, yes, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Ushers, if you'd help me. And the balconies on the main floor, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I need your help because of the spotlights. Anybody else? Slip it up high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want you to put your hands down. Everybody look at me if you would please. In this section here under the south balcony, if you didn't raise your hand but you want to be included in the prayer, we're going to pray right now quickly. Slip that hand up right now and say include me. Thank you. In, in, in the, uh, actually, that's the north balcony. <laughs> I get turned around here. In the north balcony, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included, just slip your hand up. Anybody else? What about the west balcony? You didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Thank you. Anybody else? 
this section on the floor. You didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Slip your hand up right now. Thank you. Anybody else? Anyone else? And then the south balcony. You didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Let's raise up high. And this section over here. Let's raise up high. I want every person that raised your hand to stand to your feet, if you would, please. And then make your way from where you are and come stand right here. We're going to pray together. Come. for you from the balcony. So, you know, the, the, the elevators are being ordered. So the day of walking the stairs is not going to always be there. Thank you for the extra exercise that you do to make your way down here today. Get him a chair. I want all of you to look at me, if you would, please. Today you did not come to man. I'm just the messenger. Today you've come to the Lord. 
And God's word says, he that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. So that means the Lord accepts you just as you are. The Bible says, no man can come to me except the Spirit draw him. So the Holy Spirit drew you to the service here today and drew you to this altar. And the Bible says, he that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. That means God accepts you today. Somebody said, how can you say it? It's his word. That's what his word says. And his word says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is your Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's his word. You can't earn this, neither can you buy it. You can't even go from this room to go make yourself better and then come back to be in a place where you are better off to receive it. You come as you are, you humble yourself, and you receive it. And if you mean business with God, God means business with you. I want you to close your eyes, raise your right hand to heaven, and pray this together with me. Pray this out loud. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, and I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead, I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross, and by the shed blood of Jesus, I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Now, everybody, just lift your hands towards them. Maybe pray over them right now. Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day not one will be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them for the remainder of their days. Every plan of the enemy over their life is broken, is broken. And every plan of heaven is enacted from this moment. 2023 is gone. 2024 will be the greatest year of their life as they serve you and obey you. From now to the time that you come to take them home. And I pray a blessing upon them even now. I break every bondage, every addiction, everything that's held them back in the past shall hold them back no more. We pray in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Praise God.
This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit revival.com.